recording and hello 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 welcome to another fantastic episode of anarchy among friends roundtable discussion before we get started let me first remind you that we are covered by the bipcot no government license which allows for the use and reuse of this podcast by anyone and everyone except for governments and the bludgies thereof you can learn more about that at bipcot.org. That is B-I-P-C-O-T.org. We are also protected by Brandenburg v. Ohio, 1969, which ruled that the government cannot punish inflammatory speech unless that speech is directed to inciting or producing imminent lawless action and is likely to incite or produce such action. So everything we say here on Anarchy Among Friends is entirely hypothetical. Yes. Yeah. Theoretically so, speaking. Yes, but this is a uh, this is episode ninety nine, you guys. Yeah. I, we got to come I, up with a great idea for episode one hundred next week. Yeah. We have to. Yeah. Well, it can't. We whatever we do, it can't be worse than Fauci's opening day pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I just I have to bring that up because uh, you know, I saw that in the first. Guy. The first thing I thought was, or first thing I heard was Bob Euchre in my head. Just, Just a outside. bit outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that, oh man, yeah, as accurate as his uh, predictions with COVID. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> no, I would say the picture, the pitch was probably more accurate. The only yeah. way, if his pitch had been as accurate as predictions on COVID, it would have ended up in center field. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He would have ended up throwing it backwards on accident. Would have hit the mascot. Oh, that's a COVID death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, and, the, and then there's those pictures of him where he's like got the mask on when he pitches. But then when he goes into stands and is sitting immediately between two people, he takes his mask off. Makes perfect. <laughs> <laughs> See, to me. This could be the new the floor is meme. You guys know the floor is meme. So the umpire is, right? <laughs> or the catcher is. The catcher is. <laughs> Just throw it as <laughs> throw it total different direction. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yes, that'll be a good one. <laughs> Speaking of memes, Bastion Institute totally shared uh my meme. I'm super what? excited about that. That was awesome. With no nice. watermarker on it, though. I know. The one that I posted on my personal page without a watermark rather than the actual page, which has a watermark on it. Yeah. Damn it. What I, hate, what I hate is when pages steal my memes and put their own fucking watermark on them. Oh, yeah. I hate that. that. Looking, looking at you, Positive and, Anarchy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with my The Reasons Why I'm an Anarchist meme. You guys have all seen that one uh -huh. with the... Because I'm a miserable the girl, the girl, yeah. The girl yeah. walking away. Yeah. No, well, no, that's a, that's the why I don't vote. Oh, why I don't vote one. Okay. Yeah. Oh, but I'm, I'm sorry. You just, you got so many fantastic memes that I can view. <laughs> and nobody knows. Like, it's weird. <laughs> like, nobody fucking knows that I'm the one who makes all these fucking memes. <laughs> oh, well, whatever. The, the, I don't the phantom, care. The phantom memer. I don't do it for recognition. I do it to spread the message so people want to steal my shit fine just don't fucking pretend you made it that's all yeah speaking of which I, I that meme that i posted about the mandalorians and the blue uh using a blue helmet to strain noodles <laughs> I, I may have 
recently acquired an old like Vietnam era helmet that I painted blue. Nice. <laughs> Just blend in. They'll never notice. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. What's the, what's the saying? They make great flower pots because the excess water drains away. Yep. Yep. Hey guys, I'm gonna have to um, come back in just a minute. All right, my you dad's like, trying to get a hold of me. You don't like us? It's okay. We get it. Yeah. Well, I gotta call my dad back right quick. Uh, I chased okay. her away. That's what happened. Right. I'll be right back, guys. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, uh, I, I I wanted I wanted to open with a particular article, but we have to wait till Jerica gets back because she's gonna lose her shit laughing at it. Um, it's about the Space Force having a horse. <laughs> space horse. <laughs> no, like li- literally, literally, like literally, the Space Force has a horse. Is his of name course. Mr. Ed by chance? Of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna bury the lead on that one. Let's um. <laughs> Let's uh let's let's get into some equal equally ridiculous. Um, you remember you remember back in oh where was it it was it was in the last fall I want to say it was last fall where we talked about the guy in Michigan that underpaid his property tax by eight dollars and forty one cents. Yeah, and yep. and the county took his house. And then sold the house, and then the county kept the like twenty five thousand uh, dollars profit that it got for selling the house. Right. So, you know, the the homeowner uh, he sued, and um, yeah, I'll just get an article. I guess he says uh, when a when a Michigan retiree accidentally underpaid his county property tax by uh, eight dollars and forty one cents. He lost his house and all of the equity in it. Oklahoma, Oakland County seized the property and sold it, ultimately pocketing about $25,000 beyond the tax debt owed. Yuri Raffelli, the homeowner, is just one of many people to be victimized by Michigan's overly aggressive tax asset forfeiture laws in recent years. But the absurdity of his case earned national media attention, and on Friday, this is uh, like last week, uh, the Michigan Supreme Court issued a near uma- unanimous rebuke to Oakland County and the legal regime that allows <laughs> governments in Michigan to profit off unpaid tax bills in that way. While nice. Oakland County was allowed to seize Raffaele's property to satisfy the tax debt and quote any interest penalties and fees associated with it. Justice Brian Zara wrote in the opinion that accommodated the six to one decision, the county is not entitled to the full value of the home. Quote, defendants were required to return the surplus proceeds to plaintiffs and defendants failures to do so constituted a government taking under the Michigan Constitution entitling plaintiffs to just compensation. Exactly how much compensation Raffaele is due will be hashed out by a lower court. Still, Friday's decision is a momentous victory for homeowners in Michigan, according to the Pacific Legal Foundation, the nonprofit firm which represented Raffaele. So they're they're saying they are allowed 
to take it, but they can only keep proceeds that total what was actually owed. Yes. Yep. Owed, quote unquote. Yeah. Owed, ta- <laughs> owed taxes and then owed uh, accompanied fees, court costs, lawyers, etc. Cetera, et cetera. So, so chances, I mean, chances are that what they'll now do in light of that is start charging enormous amounts of fees for doing it mm-hmm. so that they can keep as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a <laughs> a county that will seize a home over $8.41 is a well, county I'm... is a county that will not stop seizing homes over $8.41. Right. And my question is, is did they ever actually notify the guy that he underpaid his stuff? Uh, taxation being theft aside. Uh-huh. They, oh, yeah. they told Did, him the wrong number initially, I think. Yeah, that's, 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 that what, that's what it is, is, is he got information, it was the wrong number, and then he wrote a check, and then it was, like, actually a little bit more, and then it was unpaid, and then, like, there was, um, um, the county says there was a letter sent, Raffaele said there wasn't, a, he never received a letter, and then they seized it. Which means that the letter didn't even have to be sent <sighs> certified. Yeah. Right. So, I mean... <laughs> No, this 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 is the number I, I I really want to put out there because this is the number that's going to make Andrew's head blow. Um, as Reason reported last year, Raffaelli was just one victim of a 1999 state law that gave county treasurers the power to seize properties with unpaid taxes, settle the debt, and keep the remainder of their keep the remainder for their budgets. Some of them use this law quite effectively. Wayne County, for example, has funneled more than. $382 million in delinquent tax surpluses into the general fund since 2012. Million? Million? $382 million. In stolen funds. Property. And stolen profit from the sales of these houses. I... <laughs> oh my god, it's one wow. county... Yes, one. That is, that is that is one county, three hundred and eighty-two million in delinquent tax surpluses into the so, general fund since two thousand twelve. Right. That's so one county. I wonder. I mean, how many billions have been funneled statewide that way? Probably quite a. I mean, think about that's three hundred eighty-two. That's almost four hundred million dollars that are. The profit, so the over and above what was owed from them seizing, yes, and then selling people's property, right? Yeah. So, D, just to catch you up real quick, you remember that article we covered about the guy in Michigan who lost his house over the eight dollar forty one cent tax bill? Yeah, and I saw right? there was a recent article about that, right? Uh, yeah. So, uh, Pacific Legal Foundation, who is absolutely fantastic, sued on his behalf. Like he's not, he's never going to get his house back or anything like that. But the profit of the sales, right? The county kept that, right? Under, you know, a, a, like you think that beyond that, that, what yeah. he owed them in tax, which should be and, so and ta- fucking illegal. Yeah, tax, tax, and fees and fines, right? So right. The, the the county kept that extra money. So the the court <coughs> said, court said you done all fucked up, and um, yeah, yeah. as. As reason report last year, Raphael was just one victim of a 1999 state law that gave county treasurers the power to seize properties with unpaid taxes, 
settle the debt and keep the remainder for their own budgets. Some of these, um, some of them have used this law quite effectively. Wayne County, for example, has funneled more than 382 million in delinquent tax surpluses into its general fund since 2012. And how the fuck do they get away with that? Like that is so fucking wrong because they're the ones who have the power to decide that you owe them fucking money. And then they were able to give themselves the power to fucking take your shit and keep what they didn't actually, what wasn't on their original bill to begin with. Yes. Fuck you. That's not okay. Uh, Oakland County. Oakland County, where Raffaelli's house was located, has hundreds of millions of dollars in its delinquent tax revolving fund. Tax asset forfeiture has been particularly uh, precarious in Detroit. Rather than helping to more quickly get vacant homes back on the market, it has contributed to an increase in the number of abandoned and blighted properties, according to a report by the Quicken Loans Community Fund. Quote, most Detroit homes that have been taxed, tax foreclosed, do not return to productive use. Hold on. The process has created a perverse incentive for local governments to seize homes rather than allow homeowners to pay off tax debts. When, hold, when, what a crazy <laughs> thought. When, when Cass County... Who could have seen that yeah, coming? When Cass County was going through the process of seizing a multi-million dollar home over a small unpaid tax bill, the county treasurer and other officials exchanged emails joking about using the lakefront property for cookouts. Oh, Jesus. Pure pure theft. Plain yeah. and simple. Yeah. yeah. Well, one more time. Okay, one more, one more paragraph. And then when Oakland County had to defend its forfeiture of Raffaelli's property to the state Supreme Court last year, county attorneys argued that keeping the proceeds from tax forfeiture was a punitive measure necessary to compel property tax payments from residents. During oral arguments, one county attorney compared the process to telling his kids, quote, if you don't pick up your stuff, it's mine. Yeah. Yeah, and then keeping it forever as a fucking warning to your other kids. Yeah. I mean, that's the <laughs> the insane thing is, is these people really honestly think like that. I mean, they think as though government is your parent and yes. therefore can mm-hmm. you're you're just the unruly children. You're not people <laughs> with property rights. Bullshit is like that is probably the crux of my entire fucking beef <laughs> with government. That's the whole reason. I have such a fucking problem with authority. You are not my fucking parents. Not e- My parents don't even exercise that kind of authority over me anymore. Like, I'm not a little fucking kid and you are not my parent. Holy shit. Yeah. You're no more of a fucking adult than I am. And I would argue that you're less of an adult than I am. <laughs> Low- Who the Lower- fuck are you to tell me what to do? Yeah. Lower courts accepted <laughs> this grotto or this... Grotesquely paternalistic argument, but the state Supreme Court soundly rejected it because the homes seized for unpaid tax or unpaid property tax bills have not been connected to criminal activity. There is no grounds for the county to claim that the action is a forfeiture. 
simply state or simply failing to pay your taxes, uh, Zarha, that's that's the judge, notes is not a criminal act allowing forfeiture. Quote, the remedy for a government take or the, yeah, the remedy for a government taking is just compensation for the value of the property taken. Therefore, plaintiffs are entitled to the value of the surplus proceeds as just compensation. Yes. I wonder well, how that Well, I mean, the whole thing feels. is wrong to begin with, but... Well, absolutely. Yeah. But looking back on it, I wonder if that backdates to all of the other people that have been raped and pillaged by the state or by the counties. I think they should sue under that ruling. Absolutely. Yeah, they should all take them all to court and bankrupt the living shit out of them for all of the yeah. money that they owe them. And teach them a punitive lesson. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a punitive measure to keep yeah. government in its fucking place. Jesus. And then people wonder why we have incidents like we did years ago um, in Viroqua where the guy set up with like a bunker in his house. Like he fortified his house because he knew that they were coming to take it for unpaid taxes and engaged in like a two hour long firefight. With the county, Lacrosse County SWAT team got sent down to Vernon County with their Bearcat to do yep. it, and that dude had fucking API rounds. It was beautiful. Like he took chunks out of now, that Bearcat shooting sure. it. Now we know why he couldn't afford his tax. Yeah, he just <laughs> all that ammunition. If you've never bought API rounds, they're not cheap. They are very expensive. <laughs> But yeah, like he like turned the Bearcat halfway into Swiss cheese. It took them hours and hours to finally subdue him. And he finally surrendered and stuff. But I mean, like, that's why people do that. Yeah. Because you're going to, you're taking my home because you say that even though it's my property, I still have to pay you rent. And if I don't, you're going to kick me out. Yeah. Right? Yep. It's just, don't worry. It's yours. It's yeah, bullshit. Oh, it's your property. Yeah. That's ridiculous. That's absolutely absurd. I, oh my god! Like, oh, we're just gonna go ahead and take your house over eight dollars. And by the way, all of the money that we made off of selling it, yeah, we're gonna keep that. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> we're not. Only, we're not only gonna keep it. We're gonna be like totally pandering and treat you like a child over it. Yeah, we're not but, only going to keep it, we're going to use it to buy votes so that we stay in power to take more people's shit. Yeah, oh, and we're going to have picnics at your house after we seize it. Yeah, yeah. we're going to have, we're going to have oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, first. I'm oh. sorry, it's, it's not your house anymore, it's our house. It was never your house, I mean, let's just be honest. But don't, don't worry, don't worry though, America is not a fascist empire. No, not at this all. Has, this has absolutely no, bears no similarities <laughs> whatsoever to the Reichstag decree that said that they could just seize property and then just had to pay you for it. It's it's completely different than that. It's totally yeah, of different. Course. Of course, well, because they don't, have, they don't have to pay for it. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely, definitely not the same thing at all. Yeah. <laughs> just like eminent domain is totally not the same thing at all. And civil asset yeah. forfeiture and all the ways that they fucking take your shit after they've already taxed you to death on all of it. They just take what's fucking left and fuck you. That's One of my absolute favorite eminent domain <laughs> stories came out of New Jersey when Trump wanted to kick an old woman out of her house to build his hotel. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she fought and beat his ass in court. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh. 
the funny but thing okay. is, I mean, Trump is different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the craziest thing is, in communist freaking China, there are anchor houses. They call them as anchor houses, where because in communist China, you have more property rights than the United States to your own property. There's the uh, there, there's there's the famous photo out of China where it's like this, this like six lane highway just and it's it's just it's going down the road, going down the road, going down the road. And then it splits in half around this like. Two one house. Hun- yeah, this this one house and it's like less than 2000 square feet, tiny ass house. And it just it splits around the house and then goes back into a six line highway. Yeah, there's also um, the that apartment building that had to be built where one side of it is like way in compared to the rest. And it like wraps around because there's a house in the way that it's got to go around because they can't force you to sell your house in communist China. They can't force you to sell your house. But in Soviet America, That's some up-level stuff right there. Yeah. Oh, God. But speaking of... Uh, <coughs> but it's a free country, and if you don't like it, leave in. <laughs> if you can leave. Yeah, yeah because... without paying expatriation taxes, which you're then... If you expatriate and you have, like, significant holdings in the U.S., you have to fucking sell it if you want to surrender your citizenship. Like foreign people who aren't aren't citizens of the U.S. can own property here, but if you were a citizen and you renounce your citizenship, you can no longer own property here. You have to sell it, and you have to pay this massive expatriation tax on the value of everything that you fucking sold. In addition to the three thousand dollars worth of fees that you have to pay, I yes. think it's I think it's up. I think it's like fifty four hundred now. But oh yeah, that's right. It's go up. Jeez. But you're free to leave. Yeah. yeah. No, you're fucking not. Yeah. It's an open air prison yard, just like all the other fucking open air prison yards on this planet. Yep. Love it or leave it. Yeah. I love when they're like, oh, well, I'll help you pack. And it's like, no, man, I need you to help me raise funds so I can pay for it. <laughs> Start to go, go find me. I'll look into it. <laughs> but speaking yeah. of that, um, we talked about this a couple episodes ago about the girl who was um, jailed for not doing her schoolwork at home. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, judge denied release of teen girl uh, who was jailed for not doing her homework. Fifteen-year-old uh, black girl who has been incarcerated since in Michigan since mid-May after she failed to do her online schoolwork won't be returning home. It judge decided. Um, Oakland County. That's Detroit. Hey. O- Oakland County Judge uh, Mary Ellen Brennan determined that the girl had been benefiting. From a residential treatment program at the juvenile detention center, but is not yet ready to be with her mother. What? What? The, so, she has almost won the victory over herself and loves Big Brother, so we need to hold right. on to her. <laughs> she act, right. There's there's a quote at the end of this article. Uh, the girl who is being identified only by her middle name, Grace, was the subject of a report published last week. Uh, politicians, community activists expressing outrage, blah, blah, blah. Uh, during the three-hour proceeding, Brennan told Grace that it is in her best interest to stay in the program after all of the progress she has been making. Quote, give yourself a chance to follow through and finish something, Brennan said. The right thing f- is for you and your mom to be separated for right now. 
Yeah, you can't be around your mom because we need to finish turning you into a fucking mindless drone. Sorry, kid. Grace, however, told the judge that she wanted to go home. Quote, I miss my mom. I can control myself. I can be obedient. Uh, Two plus two is five or twelve or whatever you say it is. End quote. Yeah. (laughs) More or less. So... I can't be obedient, girl. I can't fucking be obedient. Hell no. That doesn't make me an unsuccessful human being, for fuck's sake. Uh, So, here's the thing. She could have been showing up at school and refusing to do any fucking work. And And there would have been, like, detention or suspension. Like, they literally... she would have been suspended like like her punishment or she could just her... like put her name on shit and hand it in and get f's i mean they can't yeah. fucking do anything to you for getting f's yeah like right? if, even even if, if, if she went to school and didn't do the work right. her punishment would have been being told you can't go to school yeah mm-hmm. yeah it makes perfect sense yeah. So her punishment for not going to school and not doing work is you have to now go to school. In jail. In jail. In jail. You have to go in to jail. jail. Yeah. Well, uh, not that I think there's a big yeah. difference between public school and jail, but No, there no. really isn't. <laughs> Another a, a quote from the judge that this one this one angered me. It said, uh, my role is to make decisions that are in this young lady's best interest. Period. I took an oath that I would not be swayed by public clamor. And fear of criticism. Uh, I fucking you know, hate that. It's my responsibility to make this decision for you. Like, I fucking hate that right. mentality. You, I you really don't have any hate. autonomy because the state says, oh, well, if you make the wrong decision that we don't like, we're just yeah. going to turn around and make the right, make what we think is the right decision for you. And, yeah, and if you don't abide by it, then you're gonna we're gonna cage you. And in this case, they already caged her, and then they're gonna make her do it anyway. Like, That's no that? different than how authoritarian most parents are, with caging being grounding or whatever, right? A lot of people really dominate, like over dominate their children like that. And that's where these fucking government people come from. <laughs> They come from those fucking upbringings. That's why I still think that the most rebellious and most impactful thing that we can do is to raise free and free thinking children. Oh yeah, definitely. Not not only not only to raise them, but you you have to you have to even in your own home create a culture that values freedom and liberty. Right. Exactly. And and that's what I meant by responsibility and and self self autonomy and, and. because yeah. school is the opposite of that. Yeah. And it yeah. takes a lot more control and effort for a parent to handle their child in a way that's respectful of the child's humanity and individuality and their autonomy than it is to just dominate the shit out of them and make things easier yeah. on yourself. Especially mm-hmm. when the parent grew up learning. Oh, yeah. yeah. The domination and, and, and the, yeah. the punitive punishment and... Yep. Yeah. Well, it's look at look at the 
the number of times that you hear from the the guys who are like, oh, those people protesting against the police and those people who are, you know, who are rebelling against authority, they did, they just need to go out and get their own switch like I did. I That's what how I was raised. And They didn't get and spanked at, enough as a child. Yeah, look and at look at now. how... Yeah, look at how great I turned out. It's like, yeah, you're super obedient and bow immediately to violent authority. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that is absolutely fantastic. And you on the other hand, you now have the compulsion to dominate other fucking people. You are continuing this cycle of psychological <laughs> fucking abuse and you don't even realize it. Yeah, and you see you see that or you see uh, might as making right because that's yep. how you were raised where yeah, it's, the might make right. It's yep. it's it's the, the, the monkeys and the banana um um idiom. I don't, I don't know if idiom's the right word, but right there there's the, the experiment about the monkeys put four four or right five monkeys or four monkeys in a cage and then the you, you drop a, a a banana down from a string and the monkeys try to get the banana and and then cold water comes on everybody and nobody gets the banana. And right. After after a few times, the banana comes down, and the monkeys go, "Oh no!" And, and they don't try to climb the ladder they don't try anymore. To, they don't try to climb the ladder anymore. And then you introduce a new monkey, and the who's banana comes down. Who's never been hosed down? Yeah. Who's never been hosed down? The new monkey tries to climb the ladder when the banana comes down. The other monkeys beat the shit out of it because they don't want to get sprayed with water. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah. And then you you repeat the process until no monkey that has ever been sprayed is in the cage, and when the yep. banana comes down, they they won't get it because they don't want to get the shit beat out of them. Because but none they've been of them socially are... conditioned. Yeah. yeah. Exact, they don't even understand thing. why it's bad anymore. They just know, well, everyone else said it was bad. So then that's yeah. what. Yeah. And it's it's the whole panopticon idea of society. That's that's yep. what it amounts to. And that's where we're at. What we've kind of what we've hit at this point. And we're seeing it come home to roost again and again and again. Where... And like anarchists, we're the little like like you know jittery fucking monkey sitting in the corner with patches of fur ripped out all over still trying to tell all the other monkeys you can reach them for the fucking banana you guys and <laughs> just endure the cold for water for a second and you can yeah. get a banana i don't understand yeah. why no one's doing that yeah the other monkeys yeah, how then, dare you you son of a <laughs> yeah <laughs> and there's the other monkey we just have to vote for warmer water <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Lower water pressure. We have to vote for lower water pressure. We can just get the right scientist in charge of the experiment. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh. (sighs) Let's go to Stanford for that one. That'll that'll work. (laughs) UC Berkeley. Oh, God. (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. Kinder, gentler scientist. <laughs> uh, that entire fucking college campus should be burned to the ground. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, no, I'm not saying somebody should burn it to the ground. I'm saying that Randomburg, Ohio. <laughs> if it catches on fire, we should all make s'mores. That's what I'm saying. What we're saying is that we hope that one day lightning just happens to strike. Yes. All of the buildings on the campus simultaneously and yes. set them on fire. God, if, if in the middle a, of a drought. Yeah. If we had a, if we had a thunderstorm here, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose rain would probably be helpful. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, there's a there's a fire in Southern California in Riverside. It's the, the Karen fire. 
Yeah. Karen Fire, really? Yep. Yeah, because yeah. it, start, it started off at, like, Karen Road. So they call it the Karen Fire. Yeah. Karen. <laughs> Karen Lane or something like that. They're named the after, fight. like, the street that they start by or whatever. It, it's the fire that also wants to see the manager. Yes. <laughs> and it's the fire that inevitably 2020 was going to fucking have. Yeah. 2020 is just the fucking year of the Karen. If you listen closely, <laughs> yeah. the flames are going, you should wear a mask. <laughs> oh, we, were, we were joking about earlier, Derek, about somebody has to do a um, Chinese calendar with Karens. Right. <laughs> the year of the Karen. Yeah. We could do like, well, the year of all the fucking internet personalities, right? Like on the Chinese calendar, but 2020 has to be one of the year of the Karens. Definitely. <laughs> Start the calendar on 2020 and work forward. Yeah. Next year's year aisle. Yeah. I don't have a Karen redundant article, you guys. Well, I don't know. If Trump gets reelected next year is going to be the year of the fucking crying liberal. Oh, my God. Uh, Do you remember the Trump derangement syndrome? All the fucking videos of these people freaking out. Just (laughs) screaming in the sky. Yeah. Yes. They actually had an event in D.C. Scream at the sky. Yeah. There's one of a girl like sniveling. Oh my god, I want to kill myself. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Blah 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 blah. And I was just like, if Trump getting elected was the worst thing that's ever happened to you, you yeah, have lived a very nice life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's like the actual definition of privilege. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh my gosh, my dad got me a Porsche, not a Ferrari. This is like literally the worst thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just oh my god! Yeah. All right. So perfect, right, what's segue, next? perfect segue into a totally unrelated article. Um, <laughs> Trump consults Bush torture lawyer on how to skirt law and rule by decree. Yeah. Uh, this is my other beef with government. <laughs> there isn't a lawyer on the planet who can make verbiage or write something so fucking specific and that it has zero fucking loopholes that some asshole can abuse. It's just not fucking possible. There's always a loophole. Always. Yeah. Um, and what do we say? Be careful the power that you give them when it's yeah. your team that's in power because... Next time it's the other team in power, they're going to fucking use it against you. Yep. Okay, so uh, the Trump administration has been consulting the former government lawyer who wrote the legal justification for waterboarding on how the president might try to rule by decree. John Yu... God Emperor Trump. (laughs) Yeah, John Yu told Axis he had been talking to the White House officials about his view that a recent Supreme Court ruling on immigration would allow Trump to issue executive orders that flout federal law. In the Fox News Sunday interview, Trump declared that he would try to use that interpretation to try and force through decrees on healthcare, immigration, and, quote, various other plans over the coming months. Constitutional scholars and human rights activists have also pointed to the deployment of paramilitary federal forces against protesters in Portland 
as a sign that Trump is ready to use his broad interpretation of presidential powers as a means to suppress basic constitutional rights. Yeah, and the fact that he's doing it now tells me (laughs) he doesn't think he's going to win this election. (laughs) Yeah, quote, this is how it begins. Lawrence Tribe, a Harvard constitutional law professor, wrote on Twitter, uh, quote, this dictatorial hunger for power is insatiable. Uh, If ever there was a time for peaceful civil disobedience, that time is upon us. You know, it's awful ironic that all of a sudden now that Trump is using all of this, all of these leftists are complaining because I seem to remember when the last guy was around, they were yeah. all totally cool with him ruling by the stroke of the pen and encouraged it. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. He said something along the lines of taking matters into his own hands. I have, I, I believe the quote was, uh, I have a pen and a phone. Yeah. I yep. think. Yep. Yeah, I remember that one. So, isn't, it, right. isn't it funny that the, the bludgeon used by you against your opponents yesterday becomes the bat used against you today? Yes. Mm, yep. It's almost like giving all of these psychopaths a bunch of fucking powers a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you was notorious for a legal memo he drafted in August 2002 uh, when he was the deputy assistant attorney general in the Justice Department's Office of Legal Counsel. It stated, and I quote, necessity or self-defense may justify interrogation methods that might violate the criminal prohibition against torture. Memos um, drafted by you were used to justify waterboarding and other forms of torture on terrorism, terrorism suspects and CIA black sites around the world. Uh, in the book titled Defender in Chief, due to be published next week, you argues that Trump is restoring the powers of the presidency envisioned by the farmer or by the framers of the U.S. Constitution. Uh, I call shenanigans. Fuck the, I the call a lot more than shenanigans. Yeah. The, yeah. I. Oh. I'm, I'm gonna read that. I'm gonna read that again. You argues oh. that Trump is restoring the powers of the presidency. Envisioned by the framers of the U.S. Constitution. Bullshit. (laughs) (sighs) Maybe this guy hasn't read the same writings by the founders that I fucking read, which is almost all of them. So he probably just hasn't read any of them. But (laughs) what he just said could not be further from the fucking truth. He was supposed to be basically a figurehead. Yeah, the guys who wrote in checks and balances strategically for a specific reason and wrote hundreds and hundreds of publications about how one person having too much power was a very, very bad idea. <laughs> yes, they totally yeah. intended for one person to yeah. be able to write laws by just declaration. That's yeah, absolutely right. what they The meant. people who just fought a bloody war to win their independence from an autocratic king, they yes. intended for... A president to have this much power. No, I'm sorry. I'm not fucking buying it. Restoring the powers of the presidency envisioned by the framers of the U.S. Constitution. Nope. 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 (laughs) Nope. Somebody should start calling him Squealer in Chief because that's who he reminds me of is Squealer from Animal Farm. Like, no, no, no. Black (laughs) is white. White is black. 
You know, yeah. I don't, nah, no, it's uh, <laughs> this is totally what we've always meant. Yeah. Um, in the June article in the National Review, he wrote that the Supreme Court decision that blocked Trump's attempt to repeal Barack Obama's Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program, known as DACA, and established by this executive order, meant Trump could do the same thing to achieve his policy goals. DACA suspended deportations of undocumented immigrants who arrived in the U.S. as children. As an example of what Trump might achieve in in the same way, you suggested the president could declare a national right to carry firearms openly. In conflict with many state laws. Well, I mean, quote, as hell would never do that. But <laughs> quote, he could declare, or he could declare that he would not enforce federal firearms laws. You wrote, and that a new quote Trump permit would free any holder of state or local gun control restrictions. I even quote, hold on quote even if Trump. I mean, knew I fucking that his, want it so bad, but I just can't square the ethics of it. That no. is, that's exactly okay. Quote, even if Trump knew that his scheme lacked legal authority, he could get away with it for the length of his presidency. And moreover, even if the courts declared the department permit illegal, his successor would have to keep enforcing that program for another year or two. This is, see, but what's funny is if you listen to this, this is a classic bait. Because he is he is talking about. The executive, the right of the executive branch of government to <coughs> refuse to enforce laws, which is part of checks and balances. And he's trying to conflate that with later on in what he's saying with him actively creating new restrictions on his own and declaring right. he's going to enforce things that are not a law. Right. And that is not the same thing. No. <laughs> No. no, but that's that's classic. Like Kevin tells calls it talking out both sides of their mouths. I think no, I told they're talking about both sides of something. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah he's talking out both ends of his mouth. So this end and that end. You know what head, I'm saying? Because his head's up. Because his... it's just a tube, like a long twisty tube. Oh, I thought it meant because like his head's up his. No, no, like well, the other the other too, end but... of your mouth is an asshole. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, constitutional scholars have rejected use arguments as ignoring limits on the executive powers of the president imposed by the founders who were determined to prevent the rise of a tyrant. Tribe called use interpretation of DACA ruling indefensible. He added, quote, I fear that this lawless administration will take full advantage of the fact that judicial wheels grind slowly. And that it will be difficult to keep up with the many ways Trump, aided and abetted by Bill Barr as Attorney General, and Chad Wolf as acting head of Homeland Security, can usurp congressional powers and abridge fundamental rights in the immigration space in particular, but also in the matters of public health and safety. Where was this argument with the last guy and the guy that, before that yeah, and the that, guy before that? Weird. And the, and the guy before that, yeah, you know, and the guy all, before that. Uh, and all the way back. I mean, yeah. Where, well, where I mean, Coolidge didn't argument... really do anything. But... No, Coolidge didn't really do anything. <laughs> Who? Calvin Coolidge. I, I, I was yeah. just joking. Well, neither did McKinley, but <laughs> exactly. You know. Nobody knows. <laughs> I know who Calvin Coolidge. Is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah. <laughs> that is how little he did as president intentionally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, remember it did, when when Obama was trying to ban, you know, impose all these gun bans and things with the stroke of a pen, and one, all of the conservatives were screaming about the abuse of power and how wildly unconstitutional it was, and two, all of the leftists were going, "No, you should just do it. I mean, if you have the power, you should just do it. We're in charge now." Well, remember that's the thing. That, that Stuff like this. Thing? Stuff like this is a reflection of the fucking political culture in this country. Status on both sides Absolutely. always want their guy to have absolute fucking power to do yeah, exactly um, what he promised. I have, and, I, I, yeah. I have a, I have a really good meme, meme that I that I made. I don't know, like two years ago, maybe three years ago, and it's the it's it's a red snowflake and a blue snowflake, and it says <laughs> we don't care what the government does as long as our party is in charge. Yeah. Yep. That's yep. exactly it, too. I actually just had this conversation with a friend of mine who is a hardcore Trump humper. Yeah. And I was like, dude, do you realize that this crap that he's pulling is just, from an ethical standpoint, is horrendous, not to mention a constitutional legal standpoint. And he's like, but it's the right thing to do. So, like, <laughs> no, 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 it's not. <laughs> That's not how this works. <laughs> Like there, okay. There is no Republicans and Democrats. There is no sides. No, right? They're all they're all populists. Like yep. Trump, Trump is a populist. Like like his his uh, executive order he signed the other day about insulin prices, right? Which is not going to have any effect for like three or four years or something like that. Like he doesn't he doesn't care about insulin prices. What he cares about is how people react to him, to his pandering about insulin prices. Yeah, I mean, I care about insulin prices, but I don't think the government should be involved in it. The insulin prices wouldn't be an issue if the government wasn't involved because of the stupid-ass copyrights. And I take 50 units of insulin a day. <laughs> yeah, and, the, I, I, and that's the thing. Like, I've had that discussion with people as, as far as IP goes. And, like, if you removed IP as an issue standing in the way within the drug production market space, all of a sudden prices would just drop. If you got government the hell out of the way, you would see prices drop like a fucking stone. But instead, instead what they are clamoring for is a more government involvement in the problem that was caused by too much government in the first place. People can't see like people, People have such a blind spot about IP enforcement being a function of government. They see these like monopolistic Leviathan corporations <laughs> and they think that's a function of unfettered fucking capitalism. <laughs> oh. And it's not, that is not possible without government see, okay. force enforcing IP and copyright and all of these fucking laws. It's just yep. not possible Talk- without it. Talk, talking to the libertarians that are listening right now, IP laws are why you will never see a libertarian president. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Right. Yep. It's it's why you don't see big mega corporations standing behind Joe Jorgensen. Right. You will never see a super PAC for libertarians because the big contributors to political campaigns all need IP laws to stay. Yep in place to, to every to, one of them relies to, on that 
because it it, it creates artificial monopolies. Yes. It kills it kills competition. competition. Creates barriers because, to entry. Yep. Because yep. competition competition creates a better product at a lower price. Yes. Yep. Every single time. Yeah. Yep. I mean, which is why markets. Go ahead. Which is why things like Uber are so cheap and streaming yep. services are so cheap. Yeah, yeah, and continuously improving. I mean, that's the conversation I just had the other day. I brought up the fact that if you look at the um, clothing in the United States, right, mm -hmm. a lot of people don't realize you cannot copyright clothing patterns. You can't. Like, legally, you cannot do that in the United States. So right. if I design a piece of clothing with a specific cut and blah, 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 and now that starts selling, everyone else can just copy it, and there's nothing I can do about it. Which right. is why in the clothing space you have to focus on high quality and novelty and you and know it's why and hacking down so your customer base. Many fucking options. Yeah, and it's it's, yeah. it's why it's why designs change every single year. Season. Yeah. It's it's every it's, season. It's, or every season, yeah. And it's it's yeah. also why you see logos on everything. Because yeah. logos yep. logos are a form of branding. Yes, and right. logos and, and can be copyrighted. Yeah, the logos design of the clothing can't, but the logo can be. Yeah, I can straight up make an exact copy of a coach bag as long as it doesn't have the coach logo on it. It can yep. be identical in every physical other way. You could the even write coach in Sharpie. It just can't be in that specific font that they have their little leather patches that they put on their bags. Right. You can't right. you can't have the coach print the the two C's. You can't do like that stuff. You can't do right. that. But otherwise, it can be exactly the same. And yet you still see tons of people going into clothing and you see lots of people go into clothing businesses. I mean, James May, who is from the British Top Gear and does Grand Tour on Amazon now, just launched his own clothing line. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, that everybody goes into clothing and you got to ask yourself if you because there's more need. opportunity because nobody can shut off designs or portions of the market because you can't fucking copyright these designs exactly right. and that's that's the thing that people people who support the idea of ip got to ask themselves is wait but the clothing industry is a multi-trillion dollar industry why are so many people going into that if IP is necessary in order for you to succeed. It's like no, because I it's not necessary to succeed. Yeah, because it's not necessary. IP is necessary if you want a monopoly and you want to shut out your competition and keep anybody else from even dreaming of competing with you. That's when IP is necessary. That's why that's what government exists. does, and that's why these huge mega corporations only exist because of government. They mm -hmm. owe their entire fucking existence to government. Only, only anarchy among friends can go from waterboarding to IP. <laughs> <laughs> We're just special like that. <laughs> our our train, our, tra our train of thought has like that one wheel in the shopping cart. Just yeah, <laughs> just spins right. and spins and spins. And no matter which our train of grab, thought, there's always at least one. Our train of thought goes through the switch station that's operated by a fucking monkey. So a monkey on cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> half the train goes that way. The other half goes this way. He's like, <laughs> can we get them on both tracks at the same time? Let's find out. <laughs> yeah. And that's, right. that's exactly, that is the perfect description of this show. <laughs>
<laughs> well, my kid right. came out and bothered me, so I missed it. All right. Speaking of monkeys fucking footballs, um, <laughs> the Space Force has a horse. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> Mr. Ed. <laughs> and no one can talk to a horse, of course. <laughs> so, speaking of which, I have Poppins Patches uh, sent me a patch to give away to somebody if they want it. Uh, it is Donald Trump is Buzz Lightyear. And it, says, and it says, join Space Force today. But I want to know more. <laughs> We're mixing space movies, but that's cool. Yeah, I'm a, just I'm, try, I'm trying to collect myself before this first line. In space, no one can hear you nay. <laughs> one. That's one. <laughs> By that small small moon, that's no moon. That's a horse apple. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, Comets are no longer the only things in space with tails, you guys. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh. In space, no one can hear you nay. It remains somewhat oh, unclear exactly what purpose the newest branch of the American military, the U.S. Space Force, is supposed to serve, but you probably didn't expect this to be one or one part of their duties. Well, I can clear that up, just so you know. After we're done with this, I can clear up what its fucking purpose is. Perhaps we've been we've been viewing yeah. the word space all wrong. It just means like <laughs> wide open spaces, not outer space, and that's where our misinterpretation. Yeah. Um, and, and well, then... it doesn't mean outer space. Actually, it means like, um, well, like the satellite networks. Yeah. So all these all these elements within the other branches that already handled like satellite networks and um, targeting satellites and things like that, like the space. I was at Space Command. That's where my husband and I met, was at yeah. Naval Space Command. Um, so all of those things have been consolidated into one, and that's what Space Force is. Did, 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 you, have, did you have a military working horse? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> well, besides, besides Kim. Well, uh, yeah, well, besides right. him. Okay, so uh, the article says, uh, uh, remain somewhat unclear, blah, blah, blah. I expect this to be part of their duties, and it shows a picture of a tweet uh, from the U.S. Uh, United States Space Force uh, blue check mark, and it says protecting our access to space involves many unique aspects, including welcoming at 30th Space Wing's newest military working horse to their conservation military working horse program. Ghost is a five-year-old BLM National Mustang. Well, I'm s wait, 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 wait. wait. They're, hold on, that's hold on. Bureau of Land has... Management, not Black Lives Matter. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I just, I just <laughs> pro, pro, to... pro Lives Matter. Bronco Lives Matter. I just want to unpack that sentence. There from... you go. They, they have the Space Force has a military working horse conservation program. So their conservation military working horse program. Yes, well, just the art. The article goes on. Hold on, uh, it says that. Never right. underestimate the federal government's ability to spend money on stupid shit. What? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's right. The U.S. Space Force has horses. 
no, they're not course, going. No, no, they're not going onto orbit or attacking an enemy spaceship. But the actual explanation of why the space force has them is almost as absurd. That's our our episode title: Space Force Horse. Of course, of course. Of course, of course. <laughs> horse, I mean, I tell you, when when one of those uh, when. Uh, when Jebediah Yoder lands on Mars to colonize it, he'll be very happy that they had that program. This but... <laughs> <laughs> force, force. I mean, oh, maybe the they're force. just like starting a breeding program for when they try to terraform Mars. They're going to need like, they're going to need self propelling fucking. Yes. They're, they're gonna, gonna have, be back. Well, what's, what's, what's that saying? Their moon base. You know. an, an, an army, an army marches on its stomach. Yeah. <laughs> oh, if you're right, if you're riding a horse, there's your food. What, I All mean, right. is this this? I'm just Hold picturing on. like I just like serenity, me, you know, I, where it's like the old west in space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, plowing and fucking fireflies sailing over. <laughs> I, I aim to misbehave. Yes. <laughs> There you go. Um, um, actually, this place has some absurd. It says, Are you ready? They used to be the Air Force's horses. <laughs> Air Force's horse. Air Force's horse. As the, the video posted. Yeah. yeah. As the video posted to the Space Force's official Twitter account on Friday explains, the military working horses are part of the 30th Space Wing used at Vandenberg Air Base in California. Prior to the creation of the Space Force, they were part of the conservation program run by the Air Force. Quote where because the Air Force literally has nothing better to do. (laughs) Hey, I can personally attack. (laughs) If you've seen their space, if you've seen the Space Force logo, it's a blatant ripoff, obviously, the Federation insignia from Star Trek. And I'm just picturing the brand on the side of this horse. It's like the insignia. Well, Picard never traveled without his saddle. Does everybody remember yeah, Picard that's never true. traveled without his saddle? That is true. Just yeah. I just hope it doesn't have a red blanket. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's an engineering horse. <laughs> that was a joke set to burn. All right. Um, <laughs> quote, we're able to go through creeks and water with the horses, high hills that we wouldn't be able to get through with, get through with off-road vehicles. U.S. Air Force senior airman, Michael Tazazas explained um, in two, 2019 profile of the program. But you're the fucking Air <sighs> yeah. Force, not the mountains and well, streams force. <laughs> yes, yes. If, if only the Air Force had the means of getting to places that are difficult for Earth. <laughs> <laughs> if only there was That's a way. <laughs> It literally, that's, that's exactly, that's exactly what it says right there. <laughs> you can see, you can see air and, and italics. Only there was some form of conveyance, which would render this difficult terrain a moot point. But I guess there's not, so horses And if it. only these people in the Air Force knew about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yes, when the Space Force was created last year, the Air Force Conservation <coughs> was spun off to the new branch, but the horses will continue to do the same work as before, helping enforce deadly earthbound matters like fish and game laws. 
Wait, Air why Force? is the why was the fucking Air Force enforcing? <laughs> because they got nothing better to do. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> if only somebody would invent something for the Air Force to use occasionally, <laughs> then they'd have a job. But until then, all right, it's horses yeah. and it's wildlife management. Okay, that's all they got. <laughs> Don't take that away from them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, uh, what, this, hey, uh, and the big question is, when are we getting a horse force? Horse force? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These poor horses. Been in charge. Yeah, right? Uh, I mean, it These poor horses, they're, they're like the fucking Marines. They just live as like a smaller part of something bigger. Yeah. You yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I have no, to um, say they would they would definitely only they're smarter than Marines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> uh, whether they're air horses or space horses, the real question is why any branch of the military is doing this. Uh, would America's national security be weakened in any measurable way if the space force horse were put out to privatize pastures? Space force horse. The last successful those horses chart. are critical for national defense. Let the Bundys have him, damn it. Uh, the last successful cavalry charge in military history occurred more than a decade before the first man-made satellite went to space. Yep. The number of horses uh, that have exited the atmosphere is exactly zero, and yet somehow... <laughs> within the Which bizarre... is why they need and one. And you don't count the horsepower on Elon Musk's car. Yeah, exactly. There are a few, there are yeah. few brands and ponies there. The number of horses that have exited the atmosphere is exactly zero. And yet somehow within the bizarre labyrinth of bloat and waste at the Pentagon, it has made perfect sense for the Air Force and now the Space Force to have horses. It, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, <sighs> I, to be fair, a lot of people forget just how modern the still the use of horses really is. Remember during Operation Barbarossa, there was something like three and a half million horses involved in the German army, which was arguably the most mechanized army on the planet, and they still had three and a half million horses. Like, yeah. that's huge. It was to the point where they actually, one of the logistical problems for Barbarossa was that the horses that they used, because they were Central European horses, couldn't handle the cold weather, so they had to start commandeering local Russian horses to be able to move. So, like, if you can picture, like, a pack of guys- 40... Being Did you guys ever see that horse. movie? Did you ever see the movie War Horse? That movie like ripped my fucking uh-huh. heart out. Mm-hmm. That, was a, that was a hard one to watch, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's I, it's just, but the idea that, I mean, I guess I could see the argument for, say, the U.S. Army in particular. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. The Rangers. Uh- yeah, because that's exactly what we did. Because they <laughs> operate like way off grid and sometimes right. mechanized fucking transport isn't available or wise. Mm-hmm. So, well, and remember when uh, in 2001, uh, in October, when we went in to deal with uh, the Northern Alliance, we had to ride horses to them. They're all very horses are their main transportation. Yeah, uh, so what's, so. That, what's that movie? Um Chris Helmsworth did it. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't remember what the hell it's called, but yeah. is it called Horse Soldiers? I feel like it's called Horse Soldiers. No. Something no. like that. Oh, anyway. In any case, the, the, they had to ride horses, and some of them had never ridden a horse before, so it was a little difficult. Yeah. So I could see, like, maybe having a training program for, like, special operations where you're going to use horses and learn how to care for them and everything else. Right. But 
the Air Force and Space Force cannot possibly justify the need <laughs> for equine assistance. Well, not any more than the Navy yeah. can. Uh, 12 strong. Uh, yeah, because yeah, those are the 12 guys yeah. that went in to make a deal with the Northern Alliance, which for the second time in the Northern Alliance's history, we screwed them on. Uh, no, don't worry. I know we totally abandoned you in the 1980s. That's what we do, though. That's what you fucking do. You mean you can't trust the U.S. government when it comes to a treaty with an indigenous people? Gosh, oh, I realize that historically... Oh, my God. But Historically, yeah, I, I, we've been so what is, good. What is it? Ha- hashtag shocked and trail of tears? That just, like, brought our whole GPA down on this, you know? It, like, <laughs> brought our average way down. So yeah, right. Yeah, space force horse. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> the air force horse. It's now a space force horse. Of course. Yes. I just, I just want to see someone try to get a horse into a spacesuit. And I just, <laughs> I just like, I've got idiocracy in my head, and like someday there's gonna be a fucking horse force because the military's realigned shit so many times and so stupidly. That at some point in the future there actually becomes a fucking horse force, United and it's like a separate command. branch of the military. <laughs> just, wait, just wait until we just wait until they put them into submarines for for beach assaults. In the <laughs> oh god! What would the what would the sink horse? Is that what the? <laughs> <laughs> the horse force is going to have its own branch, like of military construction called the sawhorses. Sawhorses. <laughs> CBs, sawhorses. Yeah, right. Mr. Go home. Well, yeah, and they're like, oh, well, no horses ever the exited, the, exited the atmosphere yet. And yet. then the horse force is going to make <laughs> that, its own air force. Know. Air force. Yeah, and we're going to come full up. circle. You know what's going to happen is it's going to wind up inadvertently going out past the edge of the solar system, and then a few centuries later, it's going to come back at the head of this raging column of aliens <laughs> who have decided to come liberate the horses, like in Star Trek Freaking Four, and it's <laughs> we're going to have to go back in time. Yeah, the horse is like it's God, and then it tells them how oppressed its people are on our planet. <laughs> That's, isn't, that, isn't that why the, the Egyptians with the cats... Yeah. <laughs> the aliens like cats. Yeah, something like that. That's what the aliens guy says. He's not, not the guy aliens, that. But it was he's the not the guy that gets me the worst on that show. It's that childress guy who every time he says extraterrestrials, his eyes get like three times their normal <laughs> size. You guys know the one I'm talking about. Oh yeah, extraterrestrials. Oh, yeah, that guy got, gets me a, every fucking time. He's got a fetish. Yeah. He just hopes that he gets anal probed one of these days. What's our next article? That's, that's I'm just. You know, it's kind of too bad we're not dealing with the uh, conspiracy article about the big giant cube UFO around the sun. But... Yeah, I was thinking of that earlier when the Space Force thing came up. <laughs> we're going to do a cavalry challenge. The aliens that came out of the sun with the Space Force horse. 
It's the fucking Borg, dude. That thing's a cube. We're about to be assimilated. You think about it, that's how you beat the Borg, man. You just reject all technology completely. You go back to horses and just sharpen sticks. What are they going to assimilate? There is no technology. Screw you. Well, I'm just going to say that, like, Jordy and Data came up with a way to defeat the Borg. It was that silly screensaver thing that was a paradox. Remember? Yeah, it's true. That's... Yeah. Or we we just I watched uh, too much fucking Star Trek. My God, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually watching, I'm watching Discovery right now and yeah. like season two. It's really good. Pike shows back up. I don't have CBS, but yeah, it's it's good. We got it on uh, on um, Amazon Prime as one of the channels specifically, so we'd have oh. Under the Dome and and the Star and Picard too. So we're gonna watch Picard after. With discovery. Oh, we can. Oh, I can get it on Amazon. Hmm. Hmm. First seven days are free. Nice. Well, I could fucking blast through the card easy. Yep. So, because so, I really wanted to see that one. Because <laughs> I'm yeah, a huge I, fucking geek. Just in case people <laughs> didn't know this about me, I'm a huge we're, geek. We're all obviously geeks. We yeah. all fit into that. Yeah. Well, the whole reason I started watching is because I started playing the that game, that mobile game, the Star Trek Timelines, and it's got a bunch of characters from it. Like it's got like Saru and and a few others, and I'm like, who the hell are these people? I'm like, oh, this is from this is from the new one from Discovery. I should watch that, dude. So I've been watching. a I've been a Star Trek fan since the first episode of Next Generation aired for the first time on television when gotcha. I was a kid. <laughs> I've been watching it ever since. For the millennials listening at home, that was a long time ago. Yes, it was. The galaxy far, far away. Yes. <laughs> Somewhere there's a hyper nerd whose eyes just twitching so bad. <laughs> because we mix fucking Star Trek Use... and Star Wars references. Use the force, Harry, said Gandalf. <laughs> and it's fucking magneto yeah. <laughs> yeah oh okay um i have to kill the mood i'm sorry that's all right um, we'll find a way to bring it back i don't yeah. care what you fucking throw at us <laughs> okay so right. i'm i'm trying i'm trying to compose myself a little bit um this shooting in Austin, Austin, Texas, they had the, the protest and there was the, the libertarian guy, Garrett Foster, that was killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so there's an article about him. I just want to bring it up because he was an actual, truly consistent uh, libertarian. And uh, yeah, um, article says... Uh, Garrett Foster, uh, who was shot to death during a downtown Austin protest Saturday night, was remembered as a man dedicated to exercising his Second Amendment rights, stamping out racial injustice, and caring for his fiance, according to family and friends. The incident leading up to the 28-year-old's death began about 9.50 when a driver on 4th Street honked his horn and turned right onto Congressional Avenue where there was a crowd of protesters. Several protesters, including Foster, who was holding an assault rifle, is an AK. He had it. Yeah. Um, Rifles don't commit assault. 
Yeah, approached the car. Uh, he said the driver reported that Foster pointed the weapon at him. The driver then pointed the handgun out the window, fired multiple shots, and drove away. Someone else in the crowd opened <coughs> fire on the car as it drove off. Uh, first responders performed CPR on Foster, uh, but he died uh, at the medical center an hour after the shooting. No injuries reported. Um, Austin police said they detained the person that fired the fatal shots and he's cooperated with investigators. He has been released along with the second shooter. Uh, witnesses who, intend, who attended the protest told the American statesman that the driver appeared to drive into the crowd and came to a stop when the vehicle hit an orange barrier. The officers also said Foster had his weapon pointed down. Um, Manly, Manly, that's the police chiefs, would not say why the driver was originally at the scene of the protest. Um, and he was with his fiance at the time. And who, she, was a, who was a she quad- is wheelchair bound? She was a quadruple amputee. Wheelchair bound. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the the if you look at the picture, there's there's a picture floating around of just as the shots start. And from what I can see, his position, he is still sitting at low ready yeah. as that gun comes out of the window and starts firing. And every single shot fired is coming from inside the vehicle. So very clearly to me, he was not a threat. It was merely right. that there was a gun there. He was talking angrily at the driver, and the driver didn't like that and decided to shoot him. Right. Yeah. And because it was an anti-government protest, I guarantee you the driver's going to walk. Well, yeah, yeah, there's there's the argument to be made that the presence of a gun, crowds surrounding the vehicle felt threatened. I mean, Texas doesn't have, or Texas doesn't it's- have the uh, duty to retreat. I was going to say, it's fucking Texas, though. I mean, do you expect there not to be any guns in that fucking crowd? If you're afraid of guns, why would you drive into a fucking protest crowd in Texas? Yeah. Yeah, That person was looking for fucking trouble. They were looking to shoot somebody. Yes. Yep. They Um, just needed the excuse. Yep. Yep. So manufacture one. Yeah. So what I really wanted to get at... um, and, and I'll open this discussion up because I know you guys are all have all seen it also, is the response to this. Because the kid, because Garrett was not, quote, on the right. He was not, quote, back in the blue. People are attacking his character. They're attacking his fiance. The lack of humanity... Yep. And yep. and the, the absolute disregard for this man. Um, yep. It's it's seriously disheartening. It is. It is. I, and I we're more accustomed step. to we're more accustomed to seeing that from the left. Oh definitely. Sickening what I've seen from both sides, but yeah. Well, that's um, that's the level of, of political rhetoric that we've reached in the United States where yeah. it has that we have spent the past Realistically, since the re, you know the the lead up to the reelection of George uh, George W. Bush, we've seen this serious thing nonstop. Nine eleven, really? Yeah, and it's well, yeah. I mean, it was post nine eleven, but I mean, real, really, like when Bush was running for reelection, and you started to really see the on both sides, you started to see this 
hyperpolarization. Yeah, trying to trying to just whip everybody into this frothing frenzy over their mm-hmm. politics. And it's just it stayed there all the way through Bush's second term. It stayed there through Obama both terms. It certainly came out like hell in the 2016 election, and it hasn't gone away in the past four years. It's just Isn't gotten it, worse and worse and worse. Is it a coincidence that that's about the same time frame when social media was introduced? Well, I think, yeah, I mean, I definitely well, think that that's part of it, but I, you see it on TV. You see these major political mm-hmm. pundits and talking heads on TV endlessly try and whip people into these horrible frenzies and these yelling screams. I mean, look well, at that. Well, that's because it well, sells. That sells. The, that gets the, the, the sensa- sponsor yeah. bucks. Sensationalization and polarization, yeah. But I, I just I, I want I want to read part of this one comment on on the news article thread. Okay. I was going to say, because like, I wonder if people realize how the media gets paid. Do they, yeah. like, do they understand where the money comes from yeah. to pay the media? Yeah. Um, right. Our, the, the, the comment says Garrett Foster, Black Lives Matter supporter who was shot and killed last night in Austin, Texas, was interviewed with his AK-47 just an hour before he was shot and killed by the driver of a vehicle. Uh, apparently, this retarded libertarian who was carrying a commie gun in a commie protest in support of a commie movement that's funded by commies, surrounded by other commies, uh, decided to point his gun at the window of a car that was trapped by a swarm, uh, trapped by a swarm of commies, um, and his stupid ass went down with three shots. Um, that's an interesting way to put it because I've also heard that that car drove into the crowd of protesters looking for trouble. Well, yeah, and the, I, yeah. I haven't seen much of the video of it. I know their video exists of some of it, but from the photos of it that I've seen, one, the car was not surrounded by a crowd. There's, I'm going to say six people, maybe eight. They're spaced out pretty well. He's certainly the closest one to the vehicle because um, he walks right up to it and he's standing right there. But the one shot standing, that I saw. Standing between his fiance and the car. Right, yeah. right. He stepped in front of her in the, in the wheelchair. Yeah, yeah. And there's no guarantee that if he hadn't walked up, that they wouldn't have wound up shooting his fiance in the wheelchair. Because again, they were just they were there, driving into that crowd. Very probably, I don't um, know for sure, but very and, probably to try to get someone to attack them so that they could shoot them. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. And it's also said that. Um, this wasn't like the first protest they were at, blah, blah, blah. Like they had been there like, like 50 nights in a row or something like that. Um, always with his AK hanging, always him and her, um, shaking hands and, and, and doing their thing. And like, they were known to both the police (coughs) and the protesters. Yeah. And they had cause to be there. They, She's black, right? And yes. he's white. She's she's black. So they're yes. an interracial couple. Uh-huh. And so they had, you know, they had a very personal reason to be there. <laughs> so I mean, and it's fucking America. You're supposed to be able to protest. Yeah, they well, weren't doing protest. anything I mean, wrong. He wasn't doing anything wrong. He was just he was out there being consistent. Intellectually yes. consistent. Exactly. And consistent, yes. So and this he paid the ultimate price for it. This is the photo that I'm talking about. The square is around him. 
where he's standing just before the shots go. And you'll notice that that rifle is at low ready. You yeah. have to move it to your left a little, I think. Yeah. There's yeah, the that's, that's him. That's him in the hat. That's an AK Operators Union hat. The, the tan hat yep. there. And you'll notice where his elbow is. His elbow is here. This is right. not, I'm about to swing a gun up. This is the gun is pointing at the ground. Right. I am at low ready because yeah. I'm approaching a vehicle that has just driven through a bunch of people and I'm about to talk to them. Of course, I'm at low ready. That's how cops carry their fucking guns when they're approaching somebody that they're not sure they trust. Exactly. And it's, yeah. It's just unfortunate. I mean, you know, and one, I'll say that this is definitely a reason to have a vest and to be wearing it. That's also the reason to carry first aid gear. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The, remember, your first aid, you are going to be called upon on a, in an average scenario far, far more often to use your first aid equipment versus to yeah. use your firearm. I was I personally yeah. I was taught that if you have the ability to take a life, you should also have the ability to save a life. Yep. 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 So, and the the first aid kits don't have to be big. I mean this this is a pretty damn good first aid kit, and this is not large. A little trauma kit. Yeah, it's got the the one thing I still have to add to this one is an Israeli bandage, but outside of that, yeah, it's got everything I need to respond to gunshot trauma. So, what yeah. like that's. Um, you know, you need to have that. You need to be, if you're going to be carrying in a protest, you really should have a play carrier with plates in. Because if he had had th it, level three plates. It makes you a target. It I mean, it, yeah. makes you a target. Simply having the gun will make people want to shoot you. Whether that's the police or that's just the anti-protester mm -hmm. protesters, they're going to want to try and engage you in a firefight because you have a gun. Yeah, we're well, and but let's it's let's not confuse that with the liberal argument that just caring peacefully going about your day will make people want to fucking shoot you, because that's different. We're no, talking no. about in a, a protest, in a protest situation where where emotions are running high, and there's people who literally fucking hate each other's guts yeah, on both sides. Right yeah. now, with the hyperpolarization of the issues and the hypersensitivity of both sides like you really have to take a step back and and assess whether or not going to these protests is like worth it because people are dying at these protests yeah and what's being accomplished by these protests and what specifically is being protested even like like oh. give me fucking specifics like what's the exact thing they want changed and is government the right vehicle to change that? And what are the protests for if they're not protesting government? Like, it's there's so many fucking unanswered questions here. To me, there's just no fucking useful purpose in going to one there's of these like, things. I, I think I think there's I think I read it was there's 37 or 34 37 states have some sort of Black Lives Matter memorial painted on their on on a road, right? And, and uh -huh. One state has ended qualified immunity. Yep, exactly. It's a lot of yep. it's just some more lip service and populist. It's, it's all pa yeah. pandering. Yeah, and that's all it is. That's all it's ever going to be for the most part. You're not going to achieve anything. I mean, it's the same thing that we said about Virginia and the big begaloo there where it didn't actually change 
anything. All of Northam's bullshit nine, still nine happened. Of, yeah, nine of the ten gun control bills were Northam's passed. bullshit is getting worse by the fucking day. And they did all that protesting, all that armed protesting, yep. while cooperating with authorities. Yep. And look at what happened. Nothing. Nothing yep. happened. All you and did is you got some headlines for a couple of days. And then there and was it. And they were upheld by the court. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I'm not saying that there's there's any significant alternatives or anything that people should really consider, <laughs> but uh... <laughs> well, my preferred alternative is just mass civil fucking disobedience. Just stop fucking doing what they say. Stop paying them their fucking taxes and fees and fines. Just fucking stop. Just ignore them. I mean, eventually. <laughs> Maybe if enough people do it, it'll make some kind of fucking impact. I just had this conversation with somebody the other day. It, imagine if just 25% of the American taxpayers changed all of their W-4s See, to exempt. See, right. here, here's, here's the thing, though. They don't want to change government. They want to control government. Yes. Well, how, what's the best way to control something? The best way to is to cut off the freaking <laughs> fi- the, the finances. That was not the direction I was going to go, but okay. They just they no. just <laughs> they, they just punched. The, this is like three times this year that they've punched keys on a keyboard and created six trillion dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. and none of it's in change. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> not printed. They didn't print anything. No, they just they punched keys zero, on a keyboard. Go. And made six trillion dollars. Yep. Not like not paying your taxes isn't going to stop the government. No, like, I know. I, I mentioned it. I mentioned it as it, it is like one way to fucking ignore them and stop obeying them. Oh, agor- agorism like- is agorism is absolutely one of one of the the wheels on the hook. Absolutely. Yeah, it's right. a component. But the reality is, if you just try to ignore them, eventually they'll they might deal with it for a little bit, but eventually they will turn violent against you. And at that <coughs> right, point, that's you why will need I'm to saying... do violence with violence. Oh, right, yeah. And absolutely. that's why I said it has to be a lot of fucking people doing it. Yeah. Andrew, you Andrew know? and I are very uh, Brandenburgsby, <laughs> Ohio on the subject. <laughs> well, yeah. No matter how you slice it, even if, even if you try to go for the, the so-called purse strings out of the gate, like Andrew said, they're going to turn around and they're going to come after, even if it's not just you, they're going to pick a few people out of the herd and go, okay, we're going to make an example out of you, 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 and you. And yep. all of those people that said that went through, went through with the mass civil disobedience uh-huh. need to then step up to the plate. And say, we're and, not going to allow you to do this yeah. to them. Exactly. Well, I mean, we can... It, this, I will not call this a civil rights movement because it, that's not what it is. Um, but comparing it to the civil rights movement and the, the violence of the civil rights movement and and all that, I, I think is a, is is a legit comparison. And one of the aspects of the civil rights movement that a lot of people didn't ever learn is that there were the the, the two major factors in the civil rights movement were Martin Luther King. And Malcolm X, right? Right. Malcolm Malcolm X and his people were, were they they were separatists. They wanted their own way. They were very violent. Yes. Martin Luther King and his people were very peaceful. And in the the, the famous letter from the Huntsville, Alabama jail, that Martin Luther King wrote, he literally told the government, 
you can work with me, the clean-cut Christian, or you can keep fucking with those people. And the government, yeah. like, hey, MLK, what's up, bro? Yeah. Talk to yeah. you. Mm-hmm. And that's, well, yeah. That's, that's, how, that's, that's how this is going to end, is, is there's going to be a, another group, or it's going to be a piece of that group that the government is going to be like, hey, let's, let's talk appeasement, let's negotiate, we'll do right. this and this and that and this. It's not really going to change anything, right? but it will look good on the surface because we can't keep having that. Well, yeah, and that's, I mean, and, and remember, I mean, that that letter, I mean, what essentially what he says is, look, if you aren't willing to deal with those of us who are being peaceful, you are going to wind up creating that many more people who are violent, and pretty soon you're not going to be able to control it. And right. so they went, okay, well, we'll deal with the peaceful people. It's exactly the same kind of thing, except it went the other direction that you had in Ireland in the in the late 40s, heading into the 50s, where Sinn Féin really tried, the political arm of the IRA really tried to work politically with the British government and work very politically in Ulster to try and get it to become part of Ireland peacefully and pull it through political process. And when that didn't work and kept not working, that was when the, when the army just kept building and turned into what they ultimately became, especially in the fifties where there's still an organized military force that also stole an entire garrison's worth of machine guns. the (laughs) The difference between the IRA and what is happening now is the IRA was winning. Yeah. Yeah. And they were cohesive. They had a fucking mission. Like they they had a cohesive culture. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah, and if you well, they did. Uh <laughs> the the thing <laughs> they're notoriously factional now, but Right. Um, well, I, that's you, why I said had. Yeah, if you talk to some of the the old guys uh that were part of the army back in the 50s and things, a lot of them will tell you that they completely understand why what ultimately happened in the 80s and the 90s up until Good Friday, what they understand how why that happened, that they won't they won't condone the methods or anything else, or at least the alleged methods, but they won't condone those. But they completely understand why, because they had tried to only hit military targets and only focus on military targets and do things that's organized military way. And that still didn't work because the Irish government kept trying to hold them back. Yeah. Sinn Féin kept trying to hold them back. And they're like, and ultimately, because of that, this was inevitable. The less you deal with people who are even still a little violent, but trying to be as peaceful as they can be, if you don't deal with them, you create what would ultimately happen. Right. When you have people who are lobbing (laughs) improvised uh, shells out of an mm-hmm. improvised mortar at the British House of Parliament. <laughs> yeah, well, I, the more the more you dismiss reasonable people, the less fucking reasonable they become. I yeah, mean, but it's there. There has to be. You, you you can't discuss with reasonable people if you're not reasonable yourself. Right. Exactly. Right? Right. Well, the, the government itself is not reasonable. Right. The politicians yeah, are not reasonable. So exactly. It's it's inevitable. It, it was it was absolutely inevitable that that what is currently happening was going to happen. 
right? Yep. I mean, we've Absolutely. we've seen we've seen uh, you can even call them scrimmage skirmishes or or whatever before before now, like all the way yeah. going back to like 2014 with Oscar Grant and, and Tamir Rice and 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 all these other people that like there were protests like Oakland. <laughs> Oakland is like literally famous for having these protests, like going all the way back to the mm. Occupy movement. Yeah. Um, so what's happening now? Well, there was the, like the Rodney was the, King riots, and well, that I was mean, yeah, 1992. Yeah, but I'm, I mean, like Riot and Sublime wrote a fucking song about it, about all the riots. <laughs> you know, uh, you, can, you can go further back than that and talk about the Move bombing in Philadelphia. Mm. Yeah, I mean, mm. Detroit, the Detroit race riots, the um. Oh, what's the the other one? Uh, well, Ferguson recently and the, all of that. The, the Stonewall riots in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. But it's be, was... it's becoming more um, like pressure sensitive. Uh-huh. You know, it's it's like the pressure plate got heavier <laughs> because the the smaller some smaller things are setting it off each mm-hmm. time. Yep. And so it seems to be escalating. Pretty soon, and, it's going to hit critical mass. I yeah. was going to say, I. And, I this whole thing is becoming a gigantic powder keg. Yep. Well, and that was, yeah. I mean, and that's no, that's it. It was the same thing. What we're kind of seeing politically is the exact same stuff that you saw in the antebellum U.S. leading up to the American Civil War, where you, right. it just the rhetoric just got nastier and nastier Nasty. and nastier and more and more divisive. And there's this bigger and bigger rift and a complete lack of center until it exploded. And yep states secede from the union start seizing military arms they bomb fort sumter like all of a sudden and for the most part like even leading up to that point there was almost hope for a lot of people that it wouldn't come to that i mean until there was literally actually shots being fired but you look at that and there were the riots in baltimore when they tried to move federal troops through baltimore and they got attacked by these rioters and like actually shot at and things by regular people in a state that never even seceded. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. They they still got attacked. And that was before the war actually started. Yeah. And before. And eventually the powder keg goes off and hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people have to die all because 530, whatever people, refused to fucking listen people whose job it literally is to fucking listen refused to fucking listen yeah yeah in the fucking spongebob all because they refused Mm -hmm. to listen so but yeah but speaking of the the civil war i have to bring this up because i posted about it the other day uh the 25th is the was the anniversary of the united states congress passing the crittenden johnson resolution in 1861, which stated that the war was being fought to preserve the Union and not to end slavery. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, the Civil How War wasn't dare about... they? Yeah, How the dare Civil... they walk away from us? But you're free to leave if you don't like it. Well, yeah. and the funny thing is, like, oh, yeah, the Civil War wasn't fought over slavery. It was fought over states' rights. States' rights to what again? Yeah. <laughs> what, what was, the, what was the, the issue that they wanted to... Uh... Th- oh right, yeah. slavery. It was slavery. Oh. They were okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we 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 did all that because I want to get into this one about Seattle. Um, Seattle police chief sends simple message to business owners during riots: "You're on your own." Yep. She goes full CJW in here, which is, you know, cop justice warrior. 
Um, Seattle Police Chief Carmen Best told local businesses Friday that due to the new city council regulations, the police won't intervene in the event of more riots. Quote, please also know that the city council ordinance 119805 crowd control tools goes into effect this weekend on Saturday, July 26, 2020. This ordinance bans Seattle police officers the use of less lethal tools, including pepper spray, that is commonly used to disperse crowds that have turned violent. Because <laughs> they were doing so much during the riots. Yeah, before. that's a, a, a letter letter addressed to businesses and residents in the city. Best argued Wait. that this has resulted in her officers having, quote, no ability to safely intercede to preserve property in the midst of a large, violent crowd. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that this is a necessity or anything like that, but hey, <laughs> Seattle business owners, um, that's all I'm going to say. But here's what really here's what really concerns me about this. They ban the use of the less lethal or non-lethal intervention methods. And then they're pulling back and saying, you're on your own. And then people are going to scream for the cops to come back. Yep. Meanwhile, those non-lethal methods are still banned. What do the mm-hmm. cops have left at their disposal? Guns. Only the lethal fucking methods. More of if you, have an, if you have a hammer and that's all you have. Yeah. Or, or and Trump has already talked about this. Federal. 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 Yep. Yeah, that that'll really help. And then and the Fed are, the Fed boys are running around Seattle like a fucking press gang, snatching yep. people off the fucking street in unmarked vans. Yep. Uh, on Thursday, Bess also informed the city council that she believes it has hamstrung the Seattle police and that she will have to avoid crowd control measures in the future in the interest of officer safety. Protecting and serving. Oh, yeah. Best noted that the city remains under attack. Quote, it is a fact that there are groups of individuals who are intent on the destruction of our city. Yes, we also have seen weeks of peaceful demonstrations, but two recent events have included wide-scale property destruction and attacks on officers injuring more than a dozen, some significantly. We're so heroic that we're terrified at the idea that we might get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with more with more demonstrations <sighs> anticipated, the police chief anticipates that the city will quote continue to experience property destruction, arson, looting, and attempts to injure additional officers throughout the weekend and beyond. Hey, speaking of Seattle, has anyone heard anything about Tofu Dishu recently? The what? what? Tofu Dishu, Chaz. Oh, Soy <laughs> nice. Oh, that was that was dismantled and torn down. Yeah, that's, Soy that's been torn apart. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I wasn't paying attention for a while, so. Yeah. Uh, you best... hasn't been torn apart yet? Free dairy. Bite me. <laughs> <laughs> best insisted that deploying the police, quote, under these circumstances, as created by the council, we cannot manage demonstrations as we have in the past. If I am not allowed to lawfully equip officers with the tools, they have been trained to use to protect the community and themselves. It would be reckless to have them confront this level of violence under the current legal restrictions imposed by the council. Yeah. Heroic as fuck. Yeah. And 
I got to wonder if the council did that because the cops were fucking begging to not have to go back out there. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Um, okay. so, um, we yes. will say that you can't use less lethal, which means that uh, then you have an excuse to not go. Yeah, your hands are fucking yeah. tied. Uh, Seattle is already yeah. in the process good, of defunding, defunding its police force by cutting its budget by 50%. The city is also reported planning to shut down its county jail, which currently incarcerates about 60% of the prison population. How about you just stop fucking throwing people in jail for shit that didn't hurt anybody? Wait, wait, wait. I have a follow-up article. <laughs> Seattle radio host who mocked Trump's reaction to protest now says he needs a gun after Starbucks below his apartment is trashed. <laughs> uh, not the Starbucks! Yeah, Paul Gallant <laughs> has a new perspective on violent protests after mocking President Donald Trump in June for saying anarchists were burning and pillaging Seattle. All it took was for the I'll mayhem to mock come. I'll him for that, but yeah. not for the same reason. Yeah. All it took was for the mayhem to come near the talk show host home. Quote, I feel like I need to buy a firearm because this is clearly going to keep happening. Another uh, fucking ivory tower <laughs> fucking liberal yeah. who thinks they yeah. know best what? until the shit fucking ends up right on their fucking doorstep in a flaming paper bag. Yep. And suddenly, all of the sudden, now that he realizes that cops maybe can't protect his white privileged ass... Now, suddenly, oh, I should get a gun. Gosh. And I'd like to know how, like, what his position on gun control has been forever. Like, you know what I mean? If his gun control position is anything like a friend of mine uh, who I I won't give any more information other than the fact that they live in Minneapolis. And when the uh, uh, National Guard and the police were going down the street they live like two houses away from the people that got shot on their front porch oh geez and uh they're like well they called me up the day after that happened and we're like so what would you recommend <laughs> and like, what, uh, what if, how they felt about guns before that uh before that they were like oh we need an assault weapons ban we need to uh limit handgun capacities down to five rounds uh-huh. It's like what? <laughs> now all of a sudden, um, should I buy? And how name? many times um, did they yeah. fucking vote for somebody to impose that bullshit on everybody? Oh, the, they were then, the type of people that were all gung ho about Tim Waltz and yeah, uh, Ilian Omar or Ilan Omar, whatever the hell her name is, and yeah, you know, every last one of them. They're like, oh, these are the people that are going to fix everything. Yeah, yeah, look, look what their policies have brought you. Congratulations. Yeah. It's almost like, I mean, you could wish somebody might have been trying to tell you this whole time that you might need a fucking gun someday and these policies are a bad idea. If only there were like, you know, a couple Mm -hmm. million people, a couple dozen million people saying exactly (laughs) fucking that that you could have heard and listened to. Well, you know, and it's it's like that that meme about the uh, the thing where you know if you have friends who were formerly anti-gun uh, that you know voted for people who are anti-gun that now suddenly are asking you because of all these riots and things if they can get one of your ARs from you, just let them know. I'll send That's... thoughts and prayers. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't I, I would... transfer a firearm yeah, to you really without a background check because of the shit that you fucking voted for. 
Yep. So, but I'll send you thoughts and prayers. Yeah. Oh, and don't forget that ten day waiting period. Yeah. yeah. Oh, don't forget yeah. magazine magazine capacity restrictions. Yep, and of yeah. course you can only have ten rounds in your mag, which means that you know. No, 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 no. no. Ten, ten rounds in your gun. Yeah, you can't go ten plus one. It's ten total. That is Jesus. ridiculous. Yeah, because ten ten plus one is a felony. Yeah, because eleven rounds is dangerous, but only ten. I, safe, safe. So you better act, hope that seven. You better hope that the violent rioters are sticking with social distancing guidelines and don't have any groups larger than 10. You really better <laughs> fucking hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, and you, you got all those, the, the leftists and the, the left-wing states that are doing stuff like that, like Jason's. And meanwhile, I got a... Uh, Andrew's picking up these. a gun. Oh, mags. Andrew's 40s, nice. Those are like 40s. Yep, I got a pair of 40s that are fully loaded right now sitting here. So, although I actually, now that I've started using them, I think I'm just going to stick to 30s because I honestly don't kind of, don't really like them. They're too big. The, for, the, 40s, the 40s are too long, and it and mm -hmm. it, it um, impairs your ability to, to go prone. Cause it exactly. Up yes, it yeah, so now that I've I've confirmed that, no, I cannot, in fact, find an easy way around that, yeah, no, we're just going to stick to either a D60, which is a $160 mag, or <laughs> or we're just going to go with 30s, which I can buy for like 12 bucks. You know? What about drums? Get yourself one of those fucking drums. Well, that's a D60. Yeah, they're about oh, $160 okay. each. I didn't know that. Speaking of the yeah. D60s, Andrew, uh, our favorite gun shop got a handful of those in Friday afternoon. When I went in at two o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday, they were all gone. <laughs> Damn it! Well, you had save... me all excited for a second too, because I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna go get." Never mind. Save, save the forties for when uh, Biden goes in in January. Starts talking <laughs> about gun control. You can, you can make a you can make a truck payment on what you can sell those two forties for. Probably. Well, if I still had a truck payment, my truck is paid off, thankfully. But yeah, <laughs> you know what I meant. But. I have to take mine into the body shop tomorrow. It's going to be in there for four fucking days. So oh, I'm going to have a rental during that time. But... Oh, darn. Is it going to be a Ferrari? No, it's going to be not... another full size SUV. They were oh, like, we is, have like, that's not worth bragging about. Yeah. They were like, we have like Nissan Armadas and stuff. And I was like, <laughs> okay, cool. I don't fucking care. Like, Armada? I don't care. Like, <laughs> You could you could give me a fucking minivan. I don't give a shit. I just need to get around for four days while my Lincoln's in the shop. God. But have you never heard of an Armada, Andrew? No, I hadn't. Is it is it a big SUV? Is that what it oh, is? Oh yeah, it's like yeah, it's like Ford Expedition <laughs> size SUV. <laughs> yeah. I love the because, I love the really right. hopeful names for these things. Like yeah. Armada, Armada Expedition Excursion. You know, like oh, it's the well. Because what I'm group. what I'm taking into the shop is a Lincoln Navigator. So <laughs> Navigator, yeah. Like. And Lincoln's oh. Lincoln's smaller SUV is called the Aviator. Yeah, I know. That's uh, and they're have, they're does just, it have horses? <laughs> the, the Aviator is just like a freaking escape. The I was gonna say it's a, it's yeah. a yeah it's a luxury escape, and the Navigator is just a, a luxury a luxury uh, expedition. Exploder. Yeah. Oh, is it is it an expedition? Yeah. I thought it was an exploder. No. Yeah. All right. No. So I, I don't know how. I don't, have an yeah, I don't know how we went from 
riots to cars, but uh, well, because you got to have some armadas to deal with them. See, yeah. you bring in an armada of armadas. <laughs> and he's talking about you know. his truck. <laughs> parking tickets covered by Eighth Amendment's ban on excessive fines. A federal court ruled. Well, I mean, oh. we could fit just about everything under that. Yeah, yeah. Somebody that we all know, somebody that I think that we're all friends with on Facebook. I'm not going to name names though. But they're dealing with a DUI that is going to cost them twenty thousand fucking dollars in fees and fines and court costs and all that kind of shit. Yep. How is that okay? Like the average American has no way to fucking pay that with any kind of comfort. Like that's the kind of shit you lose your house over. So, well, I mean, uh, a, a good friend of mine, eight dollars and forty-one cents. So, yeah, well, I was gonna yeah. say that's a, a good that's friend a really of mine. Low bar. A good friend of mine got a got a DUI over in Minnesota, and see here in Wisconsin, I think it's your first two aren't considered crimes. <laughs> That's because it's Wisconsin. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, um, we have we have people with like tenth or twelfth convictions regularly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but over there, your first one is is absolutely a misdemeanor, and it it took him. What did he say? It was something like eight grand. And that was only because he didn't, he opted not to fight any of it. Yeah. Right. And this, and this person, their, their BAC was like the absolute lowest it could be for them to still pop for a fucking DUI. It was like a, you know, not that big a fucking deal. All right. Uh, And a decision that managed to cite both the La La Land and the Magna Carta. The U.S. Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled on Wednesday that parking tickets and fees must comply with an Eighth Amendment ban on excessive fines. Although the ruling is only a partial victory for Angelino drivers in this case, it nevertheless clears the path for others to challenge municipal fines as unconstitutional. Yes. Quote, the right to be free from excessive government fines is not a relic relegated to a period of parchments and parliaments, but rather it remains a crucial bulwark against government abuse. That is, Judge Kenneth Lee wrote for the court. He also said, the government cannot overstep its authorities and impose fines on its citizens without paying heed to the limits imposed by the Eighth Amendment. Okay, but they do all day, every fucking day. I was going to say, if it's yes. a bulwark, it's a pretty shitty bulwark. Uh, yeah, it's fucking... Yeah. Uh, in Los Angeles, Bullville. overstaying in a parking spot occurs a $63 fine. With it's over like what's set... left of Hadrian's Wall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Los Angeles, overstepping or overstaying in a uh, parking spot incurs a $63 fine. With over 70% of the fine funneled to the city's coffers. But if a f- driver fails to pay the fine promptly, the city tax on penalties for late payments as well as registration and collection fees, which can balloon to $181, nearly triple the original fine amount. Well, yeah, ridiculous. I mean, that's how. And what's the cost of the average uh, meter, like for an hour? I don't know. It's got to be what, like a dollar fifty, something like that, something like for that. for like an hour. Think of that. That's a several thousand percent increase to yeah. go to a hundred and eighty dollars. Like it would be, I, if you really think about it, even them charging you three times 
what you owe them for that parking <laughs> would probably be excessive. Like twice the amount, you know, one what you own, like another dollar fifty punitive, whatever. Like that mm-hmm. that's like yeah. in in dealings yep. with human other human beings, private individuals, that would be like more than just recompense. Well, yeah, and you want to talk about setting up a, a separate class of citizen because yeah. the the rich can go, oh, it's going to cost me $200 if I park here? Cool. And then they'll park there because yeah. they'll just pay the $200 mm-hmm. and they don't care. So all you're actually doing is guaranteeing that they get to operate in a completely different way. Yeah, you're just designating person. rich people parking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's I've actually, I, I don't remember who who wrote the article, but I read an article a little while ago was specifically mentioning having ridden with a a, a rich friend in their like really expensive car and they parked in like right out in front of this hotel. And the guy's like, well, there's no parking here. This there's a $200 fine. He's like, nah, it just means it costs 200 bucks to park here. That's cool. And they go inside. He just doesn't care because Mm -hmm. well, he'll just pay it. That's nothing. $200, whatever. It might as well be a buck. He doesn't care. So, they get to operate on a completely different level. It's the same thing with DUIs. It's the same thing with every criminal charge that imposes yep. fines. The rich don't care because they can pay them. Yep. Yep. The rich don't even care about criminal activity, really, because they can pay the best fucking lawyers. And yep. they can contribute to political campaigns. You know? Well, yeah. Look and, at, and look actually, at each- And actually, Andrew, going along with what you said, I have a personal experience with that. A friend of mine that I went to high school with, his parents bought him a brand new, yeah, I wouldn't say it was a high-end car, but it was a mid-level, you know, German car. And we were tr- cruising on the interstate between Sparta and La Crosse at 120 miles an hour. He got pulled over just past West Salem overpass. You know exactly where I'm talking about. Yep, I've been and, pulled over there like three times. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't learned that that stupid unmarked purple Magnum sits there with the lights inside the tinted windows every freaking time man (laughs) Um, and he got pulled over it was a $600 ticket he wrote the topic (laughs) check on the spot yeah Yeah, because he didn't care because they get to play by different rules they get to play by completely different rules look at the guys who uh, run HSBC remember where it was determined that they had (laughs) knowingly and intentionally laundered money for ISIS and the response to the American criminal courts was, well, but they're just too important in their positions in the bank to jail. So we can't. They're literally yep. saying that you can yep. be too rich to be able to be jailed. Yep. Too big to fail. But they'll, they'll take your house for $8.41. Yep. yep. Yeah. If you're poor. Yeah, if yep. you're poor. Yeah. I would also like to point out while we're on the topic that you know, shit, I lost my train of thought. Um, I was just sitting over there wondering if Space Force horses eat space food. <laughs> they eat space grass. Freeze-dried yeah. oat. Freeze-dried free oat. There you go. Grass. Hey, I've been smoking some space grass tonight. <laughs> Are you orbiting Saturn right now? <laughs> no, just Jupiter. <laughs> Yeah. You can well, do better. It's not that good because it's I can only get black market shit here, so I got to take what I can get. But too far from Colorado. Yep, she's going to Oregon. What are you guys talking about? 
My sister owns a fucking cannabis dispensary. <laughs> My little brother works there and he gets samples all the time. So I never pay for anything when I'm there because he doesn't smoke flour. He does dabs, but he gets flour as like part of his like samples, the little goodie bags that all the employees get. And he just he'll have like, you know, like four or five different bags of shit for me to try when I get there. <laughs> So, sounds rough. Yeah, it's terrible. She'll need it after driving cross country with yeah kids. Got a cannonball, run it. Yeah, cannonball, run it. <laughs> <laughs> yup. <laughs> I can just yeah. see Derek and the Navigator doing 110 down the interstate, <laughs> weaving in and out of traffic. <laughs> With the, the kids in the back on their fucking Nintendo Switches, <laughs> not, not paying even paying attention. <laughs> no, I could just see it. They're playing on their Switches, and every time she changes lanes, like, yep, yep, <laughs> not even with their problem. headphones. On. <laughs> <laughs> Are we there yet? <laughs> Are we there yet? I need gas off ramp. <laughs> Drifting. I got a peak. Do it contagious lands. I don't have to be Always maintain a sta- a uh, nice stack of coffee cans for those cross country trips. Yeah, well I I have better, okay? I am experienced with little boys in my car. I'm doing this with my four sons, okay? We take Hawaiian punch bottles because uh-huh. they have that lid that screws uh-huh. on really tight and it's watertight, Yep. right? The ones with the handle on them so they're easy to pick up and dump out. Yeah, that's, that's Hawaiian what punch with, That's what always with us was the Gatorade bottles because they got the white yeah. top. Yep. Yep. Oh. yep. Some of us my don't fit in the Coke can. I fucking know what I'm doing with little boys in my car. <laughs> <laughs> and your privilege the rest of us yeah to... i was gonna say i feel privileged now like i actually had to get out of the vehicle to pee like yeah. <laughs> uh when i was about five or six we went ended up going down to northern arkansas to visit family and while we're going through st louis i was like i gotta pee my dad throws me his pepsi bottle here yep <laughs> you'll figure hey, it out i mean sometimes you're just like stuck in fucking gridlock and oh, there's no, and you know, the kids have to pee and there's just no way to fucking, for them to get out of the car and do it. So uh, and it was two o'clock in the morning and I had one sister on this side and one sister on this side. <laughs> just pull your dick out. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> oh. I have, I have nothing to add after that. <laughs> yeah. I do that in traffic outside of uh, Coral City, Iowa. I was stuck in gridlock traffic and had to piss so bad. I was seriously going to piss my pants. And I'm like, look over and there's a lady in the car right next to me. And I'm like, whatever, I don't even care. I just started peeing and I'm just sitting there and she just kind of looks over and like makes eye contact with me and like, <laughs> okay, this is very awkward. Um, <laughs> that's, that's fucking male privilege that you guys can do that. Hey, but I got myself one of those, I got myself one of those fucking shiwi type things for like nasty <laughs> Nasty bathrooms at gas stations and shit, you know. My wife uses those for when we go deer hunting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, uh, 
uh, going along with that, actually, we went down to Arkansas about five years ago again, visiting family. And oh lord, uh, our last day there, we got like they got like a foot of ice to the point where they were closing interstates, calling the National Guard out, dragging people Jeez. off the interstate in tanks and armored personnel carriers. <laughs> Meanwhile, ev- while everybody else is going like five miles an hour down the interstate. Here we are with our Wisconsin plates, 45, <laughs> right down. See you later. Well, to be uh, fair, the only reason they're using the APCs and the tanks is because it was the only thing that could get any fucking traction on the ice. So they're like, this is probably the safest thing. <laughs> yeah. and then, but then we got stuck in like, just below the uh, the Missouri border there. And I'm like, my son's in the backseat. I got to pee. I'm like, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> sitting there and look over and traffic going the other direction there's nobody there so like perfect there's a median right there and a shrub tommy hop out go <laughs> just run <laughs> just go over there we're not going anywhere doing? oh jesus <laughs> you know, I, don't, I don't have anything you guys got anything else we get out of here buy my book buy derica's book yep. use andrew's beard discount yep inked anarchist um, 15 at the beard use andrew's com. beard Hey, ladies, use Andrew's beard. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's, it's better than a shoey. <laughs> no! 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 Andrew likes his golden showers. I'm, I'm right. Like, you you guys went and... a totally different direction than that with that than I was thinking. <laughs> oh, come on. We always go that direction. We didn't, we didn't have any sexual no. conduct, conduct, conduct this episode. No well, strip. that's the direction I was trying to go, though, because I used Kevin's beard earlier today. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you you decide you wanna you wanna do the golden shower thing. It's I imagine that meme where God stop! It doesn't have to be this fades, cat thing, you guys. Fades, oh my god! <laughs> fades into OJ Simpson putting the glove on like we're that's, off that's... of P now. Jesus, we're off of P. Still <laughs> <laughs> talking about. We were oh. just talking about pee for an extended period of time. Why are you surprised? That's immediately where we go. I'm not. I'm not. Like I said, I've been raising boys for fucking 18 years. Uh, <laughs> I'm not surprised. Yeah. You were in the military oh. also, so I mean. Yeah. So anyway, on that note. Patch, if you want it, if you want it, I, this one is going to be an actual giveaway again. So like our page on Facebook, like Poppins Patches on Facebook, and share this episode, the post with it. Trump it, Lightyear. It, yes, you can get <laughs> Trump Lightyear. <laughs> Fucking Trump Lightyear, yeah. So. Scuzz Lightbeer. <laughs> also in the Golden Shower. So so. Anyway, this is the episode 99. <laughs> Thank the local Space Force horse for his service, and we'll uh, catch you next time. Peace. Peace.